Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. For more information about our church and service times, please visit revival.me. Enjoy the message. Acts 2.42, you all ready? They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. Say apostles' teaching. To fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. So good. Now I'm going to preach on this, and I'm going to talk a little bit about this text, about the, the act of devoting uh, to these things, but I'm not going to really dive too deep into these four things that the Scripture talks about, which is a whole, you know, four messages at least uh, in itself. But I want to talk about three different areas of devotion in our life and what it means to be devoted, what it means to be steadfast and committed. And I love this, this verse. And in the Greek, this little phrase here, continually devoting themselves is a very interesting phrase. The root word is the word pros in the Greek. It's, it's where we read. It's actually the same word that describes the eternal devotion between the Father and the Son. It's actually the same word in John 1.1 where it says in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. How many know that Jesus is the eternal Son, the eternal Word? And He's always existed. He's begotten of the Father, the uniquely beloved Son, but He is eternal uh, just as much God as the Father is God. Amen? Amen? But Jesus... And his relationship with his father, Jesus is turned towards the father, face to face with the father. And the root word of this this phrase, continually devoting themselves, uh, the root word is that same word that describes the eternal devotion that the father has with the son. Because when we devote ourselves to one another, and that's the first thing I'm going to talk about, our devotion to one another. This is profound. We're going to talk about our devotion to the Lord. But I want, to, I want to first talk about this, but you see that there's a devotion. Uh, the other part of the Greek word is actually where we would get the Greek word for power or dominion. Like when you read in the book of Revelation, it talks about, you know, to him belongs the dominion. It's, it's almost like this steadfast power to be turned towards something. That's what the word devote means. Devote, and I love devotions, and I love like daily devotions, uh, our life journal. We're going to be together as a church kind of launching a time where we're going to read the scriptures together with our life journals, and I'm excited about that. Um, and, and it's on the radar, but we don't have a date set. We're probably going to do it in the new year. And I love that, but how many know devotion is more than just a, a routine? There's, it's an orientation. So it, it is literally the orientation of your life, a steadfast commitment where your heart with strength and power from heaven is devoted to something. Amen. And the Bible says that the early church, so beautiful, man, that just the, the birth of the church, the day of Pentecost, the power of God, the spirit of God fills them in an upper room. They're praying probably the same upper room. Jesus washed the disciples' feet. It was a holy place. It was sacred. And now the church is born. 3,000 people are added to the church in a day from a flaky fisherman named Peter preaching and misquoting the word. Thank God he uses us the same way. 
Come on, somebody. I'm preaching better than you're responding, and I don't like it. So y'all need to just, come on, somebody. Look at the person next to you. Say, come on, somebody. And don't say it like, come on, somebody. Say it with soul. Come on, somebody. The word devotion is more than just a religious routine. It's an orientation of the heart. And God's called us to be devoted to the apostles' teachings. That's the apostolic grace, the sending power, the the anointing, the gifts that he's given the church to equip the saints, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Says they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching, fellowship. Come on, somebody, we need fellowship. We need fellows in a ship. (laughs) Breaking of bread, which is not just holy communion, but it's also the common meal. Sitting at a table, face to face and heart to heart. And then prayer. How many know we need prayer to burn in our lives? The spirit of prayer and worship. We need to be a people of prayer. So the first thing I want to talk about is our devotion to one another. Father, thank you for your word today. I bless your people. I thank you for your presence. Thank you for that wonderful time of worship. And we are uh, continually honored that you kiss our gatherings with your wonderful presence. We, we cannot and we will not move unless you go with us. And we know you're with us, but we want to experience and be aware of your manifest presence. And we thank you that this house, which has been, and I honor the well and the, and the posture of this house that has been for many, many years, for decades, been a house that prioritizes the presence. And I honor the people whose hearts are oriented in that direction. And I align with their hearts and they with mine, I pray. As we discover your beauty and move forward together, I pray that you would do something through this word. That you would brand our hearts with a holy devotion. Holy that's set apart and holy as in fully brand our hearts with your fire that we can learn to be devoted to you and to one another in Jesus mighty name would you just say amen with me don't say amen say amen come on all the 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 former Catholics are like oh sorry (laughs) somebody nearby did the sign of the cross you know we could be devoted and committed to a lot of different things. I, I think in, a, in kind of a funny way, it's, it's interesting uh, being a dad and seeing how my kids are devoted to different things or committed. Of course, when they're younger, like really little, they're devoted to things like mac and cheese, yeah. right? Come on, somebody. <laughs> Whoever feels like they need to be devoted to mac and cheese. John, how about some good pizza? Come on, somebody. I heard you make good pizza. I still haven't had it yet. I'm a little angry about it. I'm kind of offended. I've been harboring this for a long time. <laughs> I need to try the pizza. How many know that when kids are young, though, they're devoted to different things? Like my youngest son is devoted to Xbox. I mean, that's just his devotion. His orientation is he's a gamer, right? Now, we do need to pray at some point children grow out of that because we don't want a 45-year-old kid in the basement of their parents' house still gaming, Right? You know, my kids are, my Hannah is devoted. She's back there on the media right now. She's devoted to, she loves school 
and she's devoted to, like, we're sitting there at 7.30, 8 o'clock. Where's Hannah? She's asleep. It's like, why is she asleep? She's getting ready for school. That's devotion, right? <laughs> Take some devotion. My wife is clearly devoted to fashion and beauty, and of course, you know why. She's gorgeous. Come on, somebody. Every time I do that, brownie points, guys. I don't say it just to say it, though. I really mean it, but I mean it, honey. I mean it. How many know that we have different devotions, different... How many know the commitment, the (laughs) steadfast sacrifice, the surrender, the death? I'm kidding. The dedication in marriage. No, having a baby. It's both, actually. Very, very... It's a lot of devotion to be married. All the married folks know what I'm talking about. Come on, somebody. Some single folks are like, I just wish I had a spouse. <laughs> if you only knew. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just messing. It takes devotion. It takes a steadfast strength, a bond, a connection, a love. Same thing with having a kid, man. I remember when we found out we we're having a baby. Oh, what devotion it took when I birthed that child. <laughs> 36 hours of labor. Well, I'm one with my wife, so I kind of participated in it. I helped her bear the burden. Bear one another's burdens, fulfill the law of Christ. I felt the pain in, in a metaphorical sense. But she went through the pain. I was just with her. I was dabbing a wet washcloth on her face, and she loved me the whole time. She didn't yell at me. She didn't say, you did this to me. She loved me the whole time. 36 hours of labor, four hours of pushing. Sarah, don't ever forget it. Mom went through a lot just for you to exist. And don't forget you were conceived because we love each other. So when we kiss in public, don't yell at us. I'm just playing. I remember we bring, brought home Sarah. And she fell off the bed. That's what's wrong with No, I'm just playing. I'm just joking. We brought home Sarah, and it's like, we have a baby. The devotion the commitment, the sacrifice, the uh, I'm totally messing. Sarah, I love you. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm sorry. It's the joy of the Lord. Joy, receive it. Joy. We brought home, and then, and then we started having more kids. And it's like, you think, and we, we had David too. Perfect boy, got a girl. We don't need anymore. Can't imagine anymore. And then we had another one. And it's like, you can't imagine life without, and then we keep having kids, and then we got one on the way right now. No, I'm just kidding. We have, we have five, and the devotion it takes to have five children. My goodness. I used to be devoted to fast cars, and then I got delivered. But I love me some horsepower. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Electric cars. Give me a break. I know they're kind of torquey, but you know what? I ain't nothing like good old muscle under the hood. Mm, you feeling me right now, ain't you? Come on, somebody. I had a car that was over 600 horsepower at one time. Think I'm playing. And 600 pounds of torque. It was a twin turbo Porsche. I was making good money back then. It was in the mortgage business, the mortgage business. How many know that there's different times in our life where we have commitment towards certain things? And what we see here in the text is that this community was arrested with a devotion to one another and a generosity that broke out. The scripture goes on to say that they were devoted to one another 
And they had a deep sense of holy awe that swept over everyone. And it says the apostles performed miracles, signs, wonders. All the believers were in fellowship as one body as they shared with one another whatever they had. Out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. Wow. If we run out of water, things get crazy. I hope you all have some bottled water because we don't have any. And I hope this verse comes to mind. I might knock on your door like, I don't have no water, y'all. Water, shut up. No, I don't believe that's going to happen. I'm just playing. I love this though, man. There's this devotion. It says they shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. They were continually filled with praises to God, enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily to those who were coming to life. I want that type of devotion in my life to the people of God. I want a steadfast love and sacrifice and commitment, a heart orientation, a heart that is bent. It's like where we see the word in Hebrew, ahava. It's the word for, it's like comparable to agape love. It's the deep committed love that even death cannot quench where our hearts are bent to one another, there's a bond where we are devoted to one another. It's beautiful. I want to read, when we talk about devotion to one another, I just want to read through Psalm 133. How many know Psalm 133 is so powerful? About the unity of God's people. Let's read it together in the New King Jimmy Version. Behold how good and how pleasant it is. It is good and it is pleasing for brethren to dwell together. Say dwell together. In unity. The word dwell together simply means that. It means to live together. How many know it's, you can get along with someone that you don't live with, but when you live with them, it's a whole other story. And when you're in community, it can be difficult, but it is good, not just and pleasant to the Lord, but it's good for us. And it is pleasing. We live in, in a pleasure, a joy when we receive God's gift of community and we have a devotion in our hearts to one another. And I pray as we move forward together, this one point, that we would be devoted to one another in love. Amen. Come on. Amen. This word dwell together, live together, it's, like it, it, it's even connected to how a Hebrew word would describe a marriage. There is this koinonia, this intimate fellowship, this interchange between the saints, between the people of God that is descriptive of a merit, a covenant. Like we almost, it's almost like we share in a covenant. Of course, the covenant that we have with God is because we're in Christ, but because we're all in Christ and we're all the body of Christ, individual members of one body, we do have a bond together that is invisible but powerful. And when our hearts are ignited with the love of God, and we see what's in front of us and we see where God is taking us as a community, we can move together forward in devotion to one another. God, that's my prayer, that we dwell together in harmony and unity. And then it says this, it's like the precious oil upon the head running down the beard. Oh, can I get an amen right there? Come on, somebody. The beard of Zach, I mean Aaron, hallelujah, running down the edge of his garments. In other words, when there is unity, hear me, in the body of Christ, there's an overflow of the anointing. And every part of the body gets drenched with the oil of heaven. Every part of the body gets drenched with the oil 
of heaven. Every time I moved my hand, I felt it. Jesus, I want every person to know that they are significant. And you don't have to have a gift in use to be significant. You're significant because you're a son and a daughter. You don't have to have a title, platform, or position to be significant. You just know that you're loved and you're a part of a family. And we dwell together in this reality. And the, the anointing overflows. And it, and it affects the entire the entire body. Verse 3, it's like the dew of Hermon descending on the mountains of Zion. Wow. You know, when we are in one accord, we don't need to pray for rain. Because the dew from the, the koinonia, the condensation, the divine precipitation of our lives, the glory clouds that we all carry coming together cause it to perpetually reign. Kind of like the garden. Maybe it never rained. I don't know. It's debatable. But the Bible talks about a, a mist went up from the ground. I think that when we live in a place of intimacy with God and one another, we don't need to pray for rain. There's a divine precipitation continually resting upon us. The dew of Hermon descending on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded a blessing. Now, I don't know about you. I like receiving blessings. And I like when somebody blesses me. Bless you. Like I sneeze. Bless you. How many love blessings? Amen. How many know God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus? But how many know we can receive blessings from one another? Yes. But when the Lord commands a blessing... You're going to get it whether you like it or not. <laughs> and if you run from it, it might not feel like a blessing. But as soon as you turn towards it, it's a blessing. Amen. The Lord command, commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Devotion to one another. Can you say amen? amen? Now I want to talk about devotion to the Lord. I mean, we have to talk about devotion to the Lord because it's after all, it is about Jesus. It is about us following Him, loving Him, pursuing Him, uh, living for Him. Come on, surrendering our life to Him. Can you say amen? amen. I'm reminded of the story in Luke chapter 7 where uh, a woman, the Bible says that she was a sinful woman. We don't know who she is. There's no evidence that it was Mary Magdalene because right after this it talks about Mary Magdalene and uh, a little bit different context in her past. But this was a woman that was... Uh, some sort of a prostitute or something. And Jesus was invited to dinner from a religious leader's home, into a religious leader's home, a guy named Simon. Or some translations say Simeon. So Jesus shows up at dinner at a religious leader's home. And this guy was taking a chance, right? He was, let's check out what this Jesus guy is all about. And Jesus shows up. And the woman comes in. She breaks open a uh, costly perfume, pours it over his feet, weeps over his feet, kisses his feet, then takes her hair, which, by the way, woman's hair is her glory, and takes her glory and wipes the feet of Jesus with her hair. Such a profound moment. And then this guy's like, really, Jesus? I'm paraphrasing. Why would you let this woman do that? You know that she's a sinner. Why would you let her kiss your feet and do all this? 
And Jesus says, hey, Simon, I got a little parable for you. There's these two guys. They owe this dude lots of money. One owes 100 grand. The other owes 10. Then the guy says, you know what? I'm canceling both your debt. He says, which one do you think would be more grateful? Simon says, well, obviously the guy that owed more. And then I want to pick up right there, verse 44 in the Passion. And he spoke to Simon about the woman still weeping at his feet. Do you see this woman kneeling here? She's doing for me what you didn't bother to do. When I entered your home as your guest, you didn't think about offering me water to wash the dust off my feet. Yet she came into your home and washed my feet with her many tears and then dried my feet with her hair. You didn't even welcome me into your home with the customary kiss of greeting. But from the moment I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't take the time to anoint my head with fragrant oil, but she anointed my head and feet with the finest perfume. Verse 47. She's been forgiven of all her many sins. This is why she has shown me such extravagant love. But those who assume they have very little to be forgiven will love me very little. Verse 48. Then Jesus said to this woman at his feet, Hey, all your sins are forgiven. All the dinner guests said among themselves, Who is the one that could even forgive sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith in me has given you life. Now you may leave and walk in the ways of peace. So this woman showed her devotion to the Lord. And Jesus says, this is why she's shown me such extravagant love. How do we walk in that type of devotion? I mean, I think if we talked about the reality, I like how the Passion Translation says, but those who assume they have very little to be forgiven will love me very little. I think sometimes just because we don't think we have a you know, testimony or we're some prodigal son or daughter. Or I wasn't raised in the church. I got saved when I was 17 and delivered and, and, and set free and my life was transformed and and sometimes you see radical conversions and you see people encounter the Lord and, and they're just set ablaze. But, but it doesn't matter whether we're raised in the church and we ask the Lord, received His love, and we're born again when we're 7 years old or, or 17 years old or 27 years old. What matters is we understand the power of forgiveness, but not just that. How many know that the reason that she loved extravagantly is because she was loved extravagantly. See, your devotion to the Lord is measured by you knowing how He is devoted to you. To the point where He gave His life. His broken body nailed to the cross. That type of devotion. That type of love. Taking the whips on his back for our healing. That type of devotion. That type of love. See, this woman, she was, she was a mess 
She was broken. She was hurting. I've seen, I've seen women like this in, in Las Vegas. And they're not just in Las Vegas. They're everywhere. But I've seen people like this that are just so, they give themselves away to the wrong thing. They're looking for love in all the wrong places. It reminds me of the woman at the well. And God met her at a well and healed her brokenness by choosing her. And the Bible says that she was... What devotion, man. Extravagant love because she experienced the extravagant love of God. Can you say amen? amen? Lastly, in order for us to be devoted to the Lord, we have to know the devotion from the Lord. The Lord's devotion to you. The Lord is devoted to you. Just think about that for a minute. Holy devoted. Pursues you. Daily, moment by moment, thought by thought. I want to read um, a couple verses from Song of Songs. That is a, a picture of the bride of Christ and the bridegroom, Jesus. How many know we found forgiveness, and that's wonderful, but we've also found a love like no other. And these verses, man, I was reading... And it was so, I, actually I was crying and I was laughing at the same time. Have you ever, have you ever had that happen to you? Yes. It's like God's just healing things inside of you and you're crying, but then you're laughing because there's just joy overflowing because you're in the presence of the Lord. It's almost like Jesus is just tickling you. Have you ever, it's like, you know, like with my kids, I don't know about you, but Layla, if she would get hurt, you know, she'd be like, she'd walk in and she has a little thing on her thumb or something, you know. And uh, or whatever she falls and come here, honey, come here. Let me let me let me see what's going on. And then I'll just start tickling her. She goes from crying to laughing just like that. I think sometimes the Lord shows us affection that way because we need it. And I was reading this and I want to ask you in closing, Lord, you can come up. I want to ask you to close your eyes. And I want you to hear the voice of the Lord to you. I'm going to read first a part that is the bride speaking about her devotion went into a slumber. Then I want to read a part of the groom, the bridegroom king, Jesus. It's a type of Jesus calling us as his bride together. Can you close your eyes? And I want to ask you to receive a revelation. I want to pray that you receive a revelation of his devotion and his love to you. Song of Song, you don't have to follow. I want to ask you to just close your eyes and just hear. This is the, the bride, the Shulamite bride. See, the king was in, at, in the garden. This whole story is about like this pursuing the garden. And then the, the king talks about being in the garden and this is the bride she said after this I let my devotion slumber but my heart for him stayed awake I had a dream I dreamed of my beloved sometimes I feel like this is how life is it's like we we're half awake half asleep it's like Jesus he's real to us but it's like but there's this burning in our hearts and we know that he's the only thing that will satisfy. 
And when we experience his love, there's this holy and holy devotion, this full and holy devotion that our hearts begin to burn. And so the bride says, I dreamed of my beloved. He was coming to me in the darkness of night. The melody of the man I love awakened me. I heard his knock at my door, my heart's door, as he pleaded with me. Then the king responds to the bride. Jesus responds to his church to awaken her with the holy, fiery devotion. Arise, my love. Open your heart, my darling. Deeper still to me. Will you receive me this dark night? There's no one else but you, my friend, my equal. I need you this night to arise and come to be with me. You are my pure, loyal dove, a perfect partner for me. My flawless one, will you arise? For my heaviness and tears are more than I can bear. I've spent myself for you throughout the dark night. And yes, Lord, you have spent yourself for us. You came all the way into our darkness. You were wholly devoted to us. So I pray that we would hear you calling us out of our slumber, that our devotion for one another and for you would be awakened in this moment in our hearts. That is my prayer, is that we would be free to fly in holy devotion, to be committed, to be steadfast with strength, to be fully oriented at you, directed at what you have. Jesus, we set our eyes upon you. Would you lift your hands with me right now? And I pray as you lift your hands that the presence of the Lord that is so evident in this house and in this moment would just crash into you even more, that you would hear the words of the King calling his bride into intimacy, calling his bride into the garden. Lord, we thank you right now. I want to ask you to just out loud, just talk to the Lord for a minute. Say, Jesus, I say yes. Give me a greater revelation of your love for me, for your bride, for broken humanity. I want to know that love. It's so extravagant. And it awakens in me an extravagant love because once you encounter the love of God, once you encounter the love of Jesus, that's it. That's it. It's on. Father, I pray for this community that as a community we would learn what this means to be continually devoted to the apostles' teaching prayer, fellowship, breaking of bread. I pray that you would teach us what it means to be devoted to one another, devoted to you, and to know the devotion you have for us. That's my prayer. I thank you for these people. I pray healing and blessing. I pray that you'd brand hearts with a fresh fire. I want to ask our prayer team and our staff and anyone else who would like to just quietly just begin to pray on your own right now. 
You can pray in your prayer language. You can just pray. Just begin to pray. Say, God, let my heart burn. Let my heart burn. Go ahead, lift it up, lift it up. Let it rise, saints. Come on, let it rise. Let my heart burn. Let my heart burn. Let my heart burn. I want to open the altars right now. I don't normally do this, but I'm going to open the altars and I'm going to dismiss shortly after. But I want, if you want to be branded with extravagant love, I want you to quickly come up to this altar. You can kneel, you can stand if you want, but I want you to come. If you're if you're in this place, you're like, I am stepping into a whole devotion right now. I am ready to burn. I'm ready to run. I'm ready to move forward. I'm ready to be set ablaze. I want to know the love of God, the extravagant love of God. Then I want my heart to be so impacted by it that I run like never before. I've been like a bird in a cage and the doors open. I am ready to fly. Come and receive. Come. And as you come, I pray the fire of God's love would just crash into you right now that you would know how loved you are, that you would know His love for you is undaunting and implacable and fiery and relentless and it's all consuming. In fact, the fire of God is consuming some of you right now and you can sense something burning in you. You can sense the fiery love of God burning in you. You can hear the voice of the King saying, Arise, my love. Open your heart, my my darling, deeper still to me. Will you receive me this dark night? There's no one else but you. He's telling you, my friend, my equal, I need you this night to arise and come be with me. The world is dark right now. You know what the world needs? The world needs laid down lovers. The world needs lovers of Jesus to arise and to shine with the love of God. He says to you, my flawless one, will you arise? May your heart be branded with the love of God right now. Hi, Pastor Zach here at Encounter Church in Rochester, New York. Hope you were blessed by that message. And we want to give you an opportunity to sow into the ministry if you'd like to. If you would, just go to revival.me and click on the button that says give. Thanks again and have a blessed, blessed day.